We're Abby Normals. Welcome to Deeply Disturbing Things, the podcast. I'm Macy. I'm Naomi. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> and when we look at ourselves, we get really confused. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. We're three anxious counselors. Mm-hmm. Like we like to, to talk about deeply disturbing deeply things. Deeply disturbing things. I you skip one week off and then all yourself. That's fine. I just get that and I added it. I, I, what's that called? I did an ad improv. You yeah. improvised. Yes. No. Yeah. Okay. Ad-lib. Ad-lib. And then I just didn't go back to it because I felt it was sufficient. Mm-hmm. No, you're That's right. Good. All right. <laughs> I am going to talk about something that when I first say it, people might be like, I don't want to hear about this or whatever but um i'm gonna approach it in some ways that i think will be some interesting conversation with us let's do it already i'm gonna talk about incest Hmm, great i'm gonna talk about incest in popular culture okay i'm gonna talk about incest in psychology Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. and dive into why it's taboo and Mm -hmm. why we are also drawn to it this is such a good topic Mm -hmm. uh for all those reasons Mm -hmm. yeah so i want to i don't usually say like what i'm going to talk about but i felt like i needed to i'm excited to talk about it but i am yeah 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 it's because it's a taboo (laughs) deeply disturbing subject yes yes so I looked up the law in Washington State. So we have like first degree and second degree. Really? In the RCW. So first degree is if it's sexual intercourse, and then second degree is sexual contact. Hmm. So it's um, with somebody that a person knows to be related to them, either legitimately or illegitimately as an ancestor, descendant, brother, or sister of either the whole or the half-blood. I thought that was really Prince. weird that it says the half-blood in our Prince. RCW. <laughs> yeah. That is odd. I don't... It's very like, strange. Half-werewolf? I, mean, I wouldn't even lie. I'm actually a little... I mean, I don't want to say shocked, but like just having... It, I did not even know there was an RCW attached to that specifically, mm-hmm. but I've seen some things in there too, like the... um like age of consent laws all, with a little asterisk that says, except if you're married. And I'm like, Oh gross. I forgot about that. And like, like you could be way over age and marry a 13 year old. If there's parental consent and it's a legal marriage and then you can have sex like, like, and it's like, Oh, oh but that's wow. legal. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Law. Yeah. I just think that feel weird in there. Yeah. Cause it is like blood princes. The half blood. I mean, it's right here in our RCW. It's just strange wording to me. Mm-hmm. So, what is incest? Sexual relations <laughs> between family members who are not spouses. You notice that caveat, like you just said. Formerly known as incest, it's illegal across the US, but the way it's illegal is different in different states. Right. So, some mm-hmm. things are illegal, like allowed and some things aren't but Mm -hmm. in general it's illegal across the u.s Mm -hmm. because of the harm that can cause to family relationships and victims so states recognize also that children from incestuous relationships tend to be born with genetic issues so this is another uh, Mm -hmm. reason behind the prohibition of it but i'll get into that a little bit more later yeah yeah i don't know so laws may prohibit sexual relations not only between blood relatives, but also between certain people who are not blood relatives, 
such as adopted parents and children. Hmm. So like power dynamics. That parents and that would make children. You're not allowed to adopt if you're going to be, if that's your motive. Like, yeah. Foster parents and foster children. Close cousins are covered, but distance covers mm-hmm. may not be unless they live in the same household like siblings. So that's just sort of in general across the U.S. and there may be some nuances state by state. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of incest that is shown in pop culture. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. I started diving into this, yeah, I was Which like one? blown away by how much it is. Yes, oh, Cersei right. and Jamie Lannister, their brother and sister from Game of Thrones and the House mm-hmm. of Lannister. And right away, like I think it's early on in like the first season, they just show them going at it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're like, they're brother and sister. <laughs> and yet you're like fascinated. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't turn the show off. I was like, I don't want to know more. You How know, did this the other movie, start? You know, the whole thing. You know the other movie that has that? Star Wars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And because I read somewhere that what's his name? Who's the director? Um George Lucas. Yes, thank you. Um, he throws that into other like different movies. Like he has a weird thing with that. Interesting. That he like puts that into his yeah, they never do anything. There was one kiss, but it was because Leia was trying to make Han jealous. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it really counts, but they were brother and sister and didn't know it. And mm-hmm. the story was kind of pushing them together. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of any other ones. Blue Lagoon. I don't know what that is. It was with Brooke Shields. What was uh, that? It was a 1980 film. No, I know the movie, but I I didn't know they were they were related. They were cousins in the film and they end up stranded on an island and end up having a baby mm-hmm. and that movie is scandalous for lots of reasons yeah kind of, she was very she was 15 and she was super sexualized in this movie mm-hmm. so she just came out with a whole yeah like, book or a documentary I just saw that, yeah. called pretty baby about yeah her experiences being wow. sexualized at a young age mm-hmm. um norman norman bates mother and son in psycho they did stuff? It was, was it necrophilia? Very, it was very, like, close relationship. It was like a scene, kind of. they slept in the same bed. Um, I think after the mom died, like, he kept her in the bed? Or yeah, he kept her. He kept her. Did he wear her skin? I don't think so. I think he just kept her in a chair or something. <laughs> well, I, I don't know what that, he did. Like, like it's something like an option that people do. Like, oh, did, did he? Did he keep her or did not? He, <laughs> did you wear her skin? <laughs> oh, no, not that. <laughs> you know you're desensitized when you can yeah, make yeah. that comment with like, like my brain literally went like. Oh, yeah, no, not that one. Yeah, okay. yeah, that was yeah, Silence yeah. of the Lambs. The other one. He yeah. definitely <laughs> affected their dead body, though, and cuddled. That was cuddling, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen that. The Royal Tannenbaums. Oh, great movie. But Margo yes, and Richie. Which one? They're siblings, but Margo's adopted. Oh. But they're in love. They make out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In Clueless, Sharon and Josh are ex-step siblings. They end up getting together at the end oh, of the show. Oh, that's right. Who is Paul Rudd, who I love. Yes, I loved that one. Clueless? Yeah. I know Clueless. Like, I don't, it's been so long since I've seen it. Yeah. Well, Paul Rudd was, like, the hot 
He was older, so cute. Older, and was always at the house, even though yeah. the parents were divorced, and he was like the son of like the ex. So but he was always just like there. <laughs> Euro Trip. Have you ever seen Euro Trip? No, oh, that's a good movie. They they're siblings, and they like got drunk off of. I think it was what's it absinthe, and they were in a club and made out, mm. and then realized that they it was their brother and sister. Oh, was that with Paul Rudd? No, oh. I don't know. They're kind of unknown people. Paul Rudd is adorable. I love Paul Rudd. Is there a part in Shameless like where the brother like makes out with the sister? Like they figure out that like it was those two that or something happened, and then he goes and he like throws up in the garbage can once he figures it out. There was something. It was. Like probably it was like just knowing that show probably <laughs> and I could totally I'm not I'm not, an, I'm not a diehard and I know there are some diehard Shameless fans out there so please so don't come at me but mm-hmm. I might be wrong I love that show I never saw the last season I I'm, I'm not done I'm not done yeah I'm not done but I I love it enjoy it tremendously so why is incest taboo I mean <laughs> I think that it's a good point of that if you have a child together there's um you know abnormalities and defects that happen and so it's kind of like a health concern i know that with dogs (laughs) i have never seen the research for people but i know that they they do that with like pedigree breeding and things like if there's too much over a period of time i'm just curious is that like are they saying like one-off things are going to cause that because I, I feel like that's not so much what the whole what that is but I well, don't know because the closer the relationship the, the more likely there's happen. going to be something okay um, it can show up in different ways which be intellectual okay. disability, disabilities, disabilities often uh-huh. so like if like father daughter mother son would have a higher percentage than like like a, a cousin because uh-huh. okay. that, that my question is if there wasn't you know disabilities that came about having children with incest would it be fine then that's a good question would people be accepting of it sex researchers have long known that people are drawn to taboos like incest and may even get turned on by it oh. it is everywhere in porn, porn. I was going to say I paused because I'm like I don't think my dad's caught up on episodes. I don't have to worry about this right now. But yes, porn. That's what my porn research showed. That in the last few years, there's been a huge rise in the popularity of incest porn, which is called mm-hmm. faux cest because they're not really like related. Yeah, and you'll oh, see like right. it's they're like playing. Then they'll, they'll be, be like oh step. sisters or something. Stepmom. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh yeah, stepmom. Yeah, step makes it okay. So yeah, it's popularity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something engaging about doing or watching something you're not supposed to be doing. So mm-hmm. sex, that's what sex researchers, researchers have found that people are really drawn, drawn to it because it's, you know, wrong or naughty. The debate around the origin of the incest taboo has centered around nature and nurture. So here's the questions. Like what you just said, is it a cultural implementation of the natural biological aversion mm-hmm. that we have around sexual relations with those we have shared genes I think with, that's a big part of it. Which would be like a survival thing, mm-hmm. it would be protective so that you have healthy kids. Mm-hmm. But this can't be the only reason for the taboo because the prohibitions also cover what's called affinity relationships. 
So these are relationships created by marriage, for example, right. father-in-law and stepfather or relationships created by adoption. Credits more culturally defined. So it can't just be, you know, the worry about um, having genetic issues. Mm -hmm. And second, the incest taboo also applies for non-procreative sex, for example, between infertile relatives, people of the same sex, or sex performed with birth control. Or other, yeah, things. Yeah, non-procreative sex. Is that what that summarizes? Yeah. Okay. So these are the questions about, you know, the origin of the the taboo. You know, it's not that simple. We can't just say, oh, it's because if you create a child, it's going to have intellectual disabilities. Like, there's a lot more to it. Yeah, right. Well, and that's also creates a lot of stigma too for people that maybe have a child who has a disability too. So like I think they're gonna have to be kind of cautious mm -hmm. like how that yeah. is used. Some royal families purposefully intermarried to protect assets and bloodlines. Game of Thrones. Bunch of liars though. Come on. <laughs> really? It's not pure. That was just their like way to cover it up. <laughs> It's just a way to feel more important. Mm -hmm. yeah. Common, the famous pharaoh. King his Tut. King Tut's parents were brother and sister. Okay. And he mm -hmm. had weak bones and a frail immune system um, and died at the age of 18. Wow. Interesting. I mean, yeah. to be fair, must live till 23? No. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, I, a lot. It sure. sounds more shocking than it probably is. True. From 1516 to 1700, nine out of 11 marriages in the Spanish branch of Habsburgs were incestuous. <clears throat> so this they developed this condition called the Habsburg jaw, Whoa. which is this huge jaw that like elongated you yeah. couldn't really like eat well or speak or oh. close your mouth. And so that was a result of all of wow. the inbreeding. But here's my question. Like in early humankind, when there was not very many people, you would think that that's kind of how. Maybe we're the all population. I think we're all incestual. <laughs> we're, we're all the outcome products. of a bunch of defects. None of this is how we're supposed to look. <laughs> right? He's all like, of this is a happy accident. Way back when. <laughs> I would think like that's what you'd have to do to make more people. Make more people, you gotta work with what you have, I guess. But but maybe over time, though, with more the sick ones would die off, and then the healthy ones would keep. I mean, is this basically variety in the gene pool is supposed to be healthy? Lead to better outcomes. Technically, some eugenics are I mean, happening. But so even, even when you say better outcomes, again, there's like right, right, that stigma thing. like we're devaluing people that are born with. Well, intellectual disabilities or other yeah issues. defining that it is a form of eugenics in a fashion of like we're not allowing this right. to happen we're saying this is preferred. this is okay and this is not right this and outcome is better than this outcome which we pro we value living a long time in our culture and individuality in our culture we value abilities ability. yeah if your bones are weak typical abilities you die early then 
Right. That's not but again, like, what is that person super happy and fine with it? Or they were a great ruler, and, so and comes out of the most Like, what if they like solve world hunger in their three years of life? Yeah. Like, how do we value? Yeah. There's a lot of that judgment thing. that's attached to all this. Yes. So the last Habsburg male was infertile, and the line died out. All right. Let's well, uh, get into our that. field. Okay. Good old Freud. Oh, mm-hmm. Freud. The creator of psychoanalysis. Wait, what? Sorry? Oh. Cocaine nose job. Is that what he said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he coined the term the Oedipus complex mm-hmm. in 1899. Like father or mother. This theory put forth right. that everyone is interested in incest. Mm-hmm. And at the same time as he put that out, he then pathologized it. Right. Well, it's, <laughs> he's a very egocentric person, anyways. So if, it, if he's thinking about it, then everybody must be thinking about it. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, Freud. So I want to uh, look go into this. Good. This is a good. This brought me back to um, grad school, like looking <laughs> into this Oedipus complex stuff. Right. I honestly learned about it and I threw it away. I'm like, eh. <laughs> I would go against the popular. Go ahead, I would go against the popular opinion, maybe that I think there is some truth to that. That you are attracted to the like qualities of your parent, opposite sex parent. Sexually, though. But not attracted to the parent. Well, that's what he's saying. Oh, but then so, like the, the partner that you're. So he was that's saying watered actually <laughs> that's watered attracted down. to yeah. the parent. This, let's review it. I mean, let's go back to grad school. That's your first idea of of love. Well, maybe. your first relationship. But you don't know. It's typically with your mom. That's your like first primary relationship. Typically. I think something to it, but he went off the wall. With he it. was the first one to. He was using a lot of cocaine. Let's be honest. That's why, yeah. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Go ahead. So, the Oedipus complex. This, according to Freud, occurs during the phallic stage of psychosexual development. I mean, right there, you have a stage of development that is called the phallic stage. P-H-A-L-O-S. Yes, which occurs during ages three to six. So, this is with boys, in which your source of libido is concentrated in the erogenous zones of the child's body. I hate so many words in there, like child and body. And erogenous. I know, I just cut up those sentences. So that, he came out with that. Um, So the Oedipus complex, the boy version, involves the boy at this age, between ages three and six, becoming unconsciously sexually attached to his mother and hostile towards his father, who he views as his rival. Is it coming back to you? It is. I'm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm familiar. I don't with know this. how many toddlers people let around Freud and his cocaine for this study. Oh, wait, it wasn't a study. He just ideated it. No, there was one case study, which I'll tell you about. But have you heard yeah. of like when little kids will be like, I'm going to marry my dad, and they get mad yeah. at the, or whatever, and then they get mad at the opposite parent. Like, no, this is my person. So I, I, I there. well, so I was very, and I would say it was like, cause my dad had wives 
<laughs> one of them in particular, I would get like, I'm going to sit next to my dad, not you. Right. But it was definitely coming from a place of, I think, more protection, like uh-huh. viewing them as temporary in a way. And like, but like, um, no, yeah. Like, what is that word I'm thinking of? Like, no, I know what you're trying to say, and I'm I'm thinking of it. It's here. like establishing that your attachment yeah. as stronger. Like my like I'm the more than level. you. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Status. Status. I I like to not. I'm just down throwing out words until you grab them. I like status. <laughs> I know what you're thinking of, and <laughs> I can get it. As either. a child, I needed status over the tall women in my life. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know that you're not going to get ditched for one of these others. Right. Plus there's the whole Cinderella thing where, you know, the step mom figure is not going to love you as much oh, as care. they would. I did their not biological. care about that at all. It was much more. And they can try to get rid of you. Territory. But your territorial. Yeah. Territorial is a yeah, great yeah. word. Uh, Establishing territory. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Self-centered. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> So in the young boy, the Oedipus complex is more um, more like a conflict, and it arises because of these unconscious sexual desires for the mother. So then we get, tying your last topic, envy, mm. are aimed at the father, who is the object of the mother's affection and attention. And these feelings lead to fantasies of getting rid of the father, and taking his place with the mother. So this is whole like right. So I think that's where he starts kind of going off. The well, road. and how often does, does the well? Let's go a little further off the rails. Parenting relationship actually model <laughs> well, that do. getting all the love. Like I know. I mean, I. <laughs> so these hostile feelings towards the father lead to castration anxiety, and irrational fear that the father will remove his penis to punish him for these thoughts about the mother. So the result of this is typically it's resolved, I mean, according to Freud, through a process of identification with the same-sex parent. So Mm. the boy will identify with the father and internalize their values, attitudes, and behaviors. I think that is important in development to identify with the same-sex parent, but not for the reasons Freud Well, I mean, we're getting into so many gender norms here that are... Yeah, well, this was Victoria. Great area. I know, well, and circumcision, <laughs> too, like, not every culture circumcises, so that's odd. Um, Being, no, like, castrated. fear of castration. Oh, castrate. oh, just kidding. Chopping it off. Chopping it off, yeah. But, like, if a child's never heard that before, or... I, I don't know where that that's just gonna that's work. where the cocaine came in <laughs> the hippos were coming over that day yeah <laughs> so the father becomes a role model rather than a rival and through this identification with the aggressor boys acquire their super ego and the male sex role and mm-hmm. this the boy substitutes his desire for the mother with his desire for other women I mean, and they're very young at this stage. I mean, I could see there being, like, not understanding, like, why a bodily reaction is happening. Because I think developmentally that may be appropriate. Like, I've I've had a, a kid client before who was very young and would have bodily things happen. They all do. I know. I don't play with their wings. To say it. And... 
and but have no like idea why or any like and then it just would like go away and you're like oh my gosh i just don't just go over there for a while please well it feels good when you touch it so what what was the idea of resolute like what was the age of resolution because this is all happening three to six so they were had the fear or had this problem and then resolved it within that yeah so at age seven they're into a different phase of psychosexual development Mm -hmm. So he braced all of this on his Little Hans case study. Oh, I remember Little Hans. Little okay. Hans. And yeah. I read about this because I didn't refresh myself. Yeah, yeah. And I think that Freud was completely wrong. I think that Little Hans experienced a trauma related to the horses, and that's why he had a fear of the horses. It wasn't because, as Freud thought, he was seeing the horses big wings oh. and and this was <laughs> part of his his Oedipus complex like he was associating the big horse <laughs> wings with the dad's wings yeah no no trauma probably. he witnessed a horse falling down in the street and its hooves going like this on the cobblestones mm-hmm. and that's what he was afraid of a horse falling down and having a loud noise trampling it was trauma yeah it wasn't this Oedipus thing so poor little Hans yeah. But that one case study, he developed this whole theory. Um, so the electro complex yeah. is the counterpart, is the like girl version. Which is so true that isn't aren't there like it's not one movie, is it called Electra? I don't know. There's they made like a superhero thing, you know. Yeah, I think it had Jennifer Garner. But, yeah, but it was like again like super sexualized woman. So this is a girl between ages of three and six becoming unconsciously sexually attracted to her, attached to her father and having increasingly hostile feelings towards the mother. So the electric complex was actually, I was surprised by this, proposed by Jung. Not Freud. It was Freud's protege. I feel like there's something there, but without the sexuality piece. You, you like, like the attachment piece. Into the shadow parts and the the parts of self, which, so this kind of, to me, it can definitely fall in line with that, like your shadow self, the, the urges and things that are definitely there, but we kind of repress them back. Repress. Mm-hmm. So. I love her just throwing out keywords that means. Okay. I, I like to do that. <laughs> Reflect. So for girls, the electric complex begins with the belief that she's already been castrated, already lost her penis, which is not (laughs) true. I mean, that's not how it works. Wow. I had no idea. Everybody actually starts out with the girl parts and the ones that become penises. (laughs) It fuses up. That's why you can see the scene where it fuses right on the scrotum sack and everything so a clitoris is actually like what develops in um so we all start with women develop into penises we all start with female organs yeah and then some people develop a penis and the scrot some people are <laughs> some people are just dicks. it's the same parts i've never heard scrot. of the scrot. Yeah. i just made that up it's not actually an official term. <laughs> it's not a scientific or medical term. I like it. <laughs> so the this girl like. blames her mother for this, for losing the penis and experiences penis envy. Wait, 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 wait. So mom lost the girl's penis? 
Well, like the girl story. blames the mother this because is taking it now, and this the is... mother somehow lost it. Is like doesn't an, have like one either. Oh, and so there's it was like one. a whole Lorena Bobbitt situation. That's like assuming the child knows that mom doesn't have one too. How does child know that mom doesn't have one too? There's a lot of assumptions here. <laughs> well, it probably witnessed. You know, you see people naked in your house. For girls to develop their superego and female sex role, they need to identify with the mother. But the girl's motivation for giving up her father as a love object in order to move back to her mother is not as obvious as the boy identifying with the father. So as a consequence, girls' identification with the mother is less complete than boys with their fathers. And this makes the female superego weaker and their identity as a separate okay, independent sorry. person less developed. Excuse me. <laughs> Excuse me, Jung. I've met many less developed men. <laughs> Thanks. I always liked Jung until now. <laughs> the dream. I wanted so. to know more. So I did a deep dive. As we do. And found an interesting book called Strong Mothers, Weak Wives, The Search for Gender Equity by Miriam M. Johnson. Hmm. And I looked at a chapter called From Patriarchal Incest to Daddy's Girl. And it's a really interesting look at Freud's um, Oedipus complex from like a social view. It's so interesting. So I, I hope you all will nerd out with me a little bit on this. <laughs> So the author says, it is possible that there has been fairly prevalent in the past in the United States a kind of father-daughter incest that was considered more or less the legitimate right of the patriarch. The father simply saw himself as the owner of the children, not their caretaker, but their owner. Both mother and father might agree that for a child, quote, to service the old man, unquote, sexually, was not all that out of line with his rights. I've never heard that before in my entire life. But we know we do know that there may still be laws on the books where it kind of speaks to a man owning the wife and the right. wife not having rights. So it would just make it wouldn't be that big of a stretch to bring it down to the kids. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and there's weird people out there that really at the time Freud was way. writing. There was a great deal of sexual repression in general. So this is the Victorian times. Mm -hmm. And especially with regard to adult child relationships. And this was... Oh, is this when they were dressing like little kids as adults? Too? Like they were all like... Remember like they didn't... Lewis, remember Lewis Carroll? That's Cowell's what I was thinking. Painting, yeah, right, right. Or taking photos of the kids. Oh, like Real Alice. Undressed and stuff. Mm -mm. And he had like... There's real Alice in Wonderland. There's a real Alice. There's a real Alice. It's a real little girl that he has pictures of, like, sitting on his lap. And, like, and she, like, was his favorite. And, like, there's things in there that are super And there was sketchy. that one photo where it, yeah, she, she wasn't looks, wearing a shirt. She looks like it. she's, like, yeah. a 16-year-old posing in she's a little girl porno from the 60s. And looking really upset. Like, yeah. not happy about it. Yeah. So 
this author theorizes, um, based on other works also, that because this was a time of sexual repression, or the reason for the repression was partly because at this time, children were seen as like special and precious. This, and this was new. Like before that, kids were just seen as little You're supposed adults. to be like uh, seen but not heard kind of. Well, they were they oh. weren't considered like this precious thing that we oh, they were treated the same. And, yeah, just treated many adults. Many adults, yes. Okay. And so this is all happening at once. They have this new definition of children as precious, whose in- innocence must be protected. Hmm. And at the same time, there was a great deal of sexual preoccupation. So that's where the repression came from. Because it was something that previously existed, but all of a sudden now kids are special and precious, they have to protect their innocence, so it leads to the repression of the these incestuous thoughts that may have existed. And that were already prevalent yes. at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Freud's theories made sex and sexuality central, and it was the result of this both reinforced that preoccupation and said it was bad at the same time mm-hmm. so it, it was like put it at clever. the center and said don't do it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. don't push that red button don't think about, it, <laughs> yes, don't think about yes. it yeah totally yeah mm-hmm. and there's a book uh, that i called um i think it's called happiness but anyway so he talks about like being mindful that like one of the what worst things you do is you tell yourselves like don't do that don't do that don't do that and the more you do that like it's just concreting it further in your mind yeah you gotta tell yourself what you want to do right so don't do that Freud. Yeah. don't do that Freud. <laughs> he won't he's dead or he's really old i'm not actually not sure pretty sure he's so this part i thought it's was freaking fascinating in this chapter So the author says, as we have seen in Freud's scenario, the father enforces the mother-son incest taboo on the son. So it's like, no, you're not going to be thinking of your mom like that. But the author questions who enforces the father-daughter taboo. There is no avenging father to prevent the father-daughter incest. And there is no avenging mother to enforce it either. Because mother as wife to father does not have equal power, you know, as as the husband. So in Freud's account, the daughter turns away from the mother in resentment over not having a penis and turns towards her father. We just like exchange the word penis for like not helping, like not like protecting. Like because mom didn't, like mom's not protecting the child from these incestuous things and or can't because she doesn't have enough power to right uh, yeah that at that time penis, penis means power perhaps mm. perhaps yes i mean i think freud is being pretty literal though oh i'm sure no no <laughs> I don't i'm just trying to make it possibly make sense in modern <laughs> ways i mean atta- yeah there's like this attachment stuff going on that i think he's coming into but then when he gets yes. into the sexuality part and the penises like that's just like yeah uh, and the horses and it, like goes off the rails off the rails yeah so <laughs> cocaine what this author is positing which i thought like, was really here. cool or not cool but like 
interesting mm -hmm. uh, is that Freud leaves the girl in a semi-sexualized relationship with her father. The daughter never quite gives up the father and the father never quite gives her up until he gives her away in marriage to another man. That is true. That... I was like, holy shit. Hmm. Yeah, that, that is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And the author, I won't get into this too much, but I just briefly want to mention the author goes into the social differences between the term daddy's girl and mama's boy. Mm, that's very Definitely true. different connotations mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. One's mm -hmm. good, one's bad. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And like the daddy's girl, there's like a sexual aspect to that. Like yeah. she's praised for being like cute and pretty and daddy's blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like daddy's little girl, like, oh. Does what she's told, like, um, loves her daddy. In favor. Or yeah. mom's boy is like, can't fend for yourself, need your mom's we help. Failure to watch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's all from that book, but I mean, I thought it was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of it too, like in that time frame with that, like a lot of that marrying off had to do too with wealth and the families, like marrying into wealth and trying to give, like, and like there was this concept of trying to bring wealth into your family or keeping or maintaining. You were it. using your daughter as like a possession, right? Like an exchange, like it was, a financial exchange, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And the you could do that with the women, the men. It was not as it wasn't because they're going. Well, they were getting the they were other getting, girls in Chinese yeah. culture. That's part of why boys are valued is the boys stay mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. girls go. Right. And so the boys are there to help and all that. So father daughter incest is the most common incest type. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, maybe there's something to all this. Mm -hmm. Victims of incest may not report because they experience guilt, shame, fear, and many other reasons. They may blame themselves and feel guilty for allowing it to happen. And even if families are aware of it, they may keep it secret. And, you know, sometimes individuals go on to have behavioral problems, psychiatric problems, act out. Mm -hmm. So... I wanted to touch on consensual incest. So in 19... Can you not touch on it? Can you instead speak of it? I'm going to speak of <laughs> the consensual incest. In 1997, Woody Allen married his adopted stepdaughter, Sunye. <gasps> it was a huge scandal. Yeah. And it wasn't illegal in New York, but people freaked out mm -hmm. and said that this was wrong, that how what at what age did he she adopt was over her? 18 but he had no what yeah how long you know, was he experienced her as an it was his ex-wife Mia Farrow who adopted her mm -hmm. but he was still in her life when she was a minor at what age he says he didn't he wasn't really into her life until she was like a junior in high school but mm -hmm. he knew of her as a child, you know, an adopted child of yeah, his weird. wife, Mia Farrow. I mean, that, that's it's part of why they found the boundary issues. Like, yeah, yeah, people are very I mean, upset. You don't yeah. date your friend's ex like that. That should even like. I mean, you oh, just, I broke that. One. It's like just girl code, girl code. I broke that once, and it 
It's a bad idea. Right. Like, I mean, if, if, <laughs> like, can we have it that? Never is going to work out. Can we have that be the standard? So, like, obviously anything closer is not okay. Because <laughs> that's yeah. definitely closer. I mean, it is. I get it. It's a, it's a People freaked out. Just, and we're like, it's really wrong. Um, I wanted to look into it and I didn't right. know the facts. Supposedly, she was, you know, of age, Money, like, power. before they got involved with each other, but he was involved in her life when she was a minor. Mm. And they're still together, and they have a couple kids. Mm. And then, you know the Mamas and the Papas band? Mm-hmm. I like them. So Mackenzie Phillips came out a little bit ago and said that for 10 years, her and her dad had a consensual sexual relationship. Biological? Yeah. Mm. Consensual. So her dad, John Phillips, was in the Mamas and Pops. I don't know if I agree with consensuality when it's like how if there was grooming involved and then the kid is like, I think that I am. They were adults when it started. Well, it's but like how a, long was the grooming? What's it involved? called when, um, yeah, Stockholm? Stockholm and just like yeah. you know there could have been like so much time where he it's was grooming and then now that she's an adult she all of a sudden believes like oh yeah I want this but it's because he well yeah like if she had never been involved around him and like there were a lot of drugs involved she yeah. probably would have yeah. drugs yeah there you go. fall in love with another gen <laughs> but the question is <laughs> if People are adults and they're consenting. I had a legally then an ethical thing come up that involved that be okay. counselor. So if you say if a counselor met a client organically, previous client, say seven years down the road. After they have after they yeah. ended the therapeutic relationship mm-hmm. and they get into a relationship. Mm-hmm. Now I believe the the Largest is it standard years? I've seen is five. The largest standard, ethical standard, is five years. What's the action? There's like legal. Yeah. Um, two. Where is Every code of ethics is a little different. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but the largest one I've seen is five. But still, like, where does that number come from? And is the whole point right. of this saying that there's power and authority issues, and you yeah. know more? And my biggest issue with this is that we can retain, we're supposed to retain records for 10 years in Washington state. Mm-hmm. So you can, you are supposed to still have that person's entire records, even at that point. Like mm-hmm. what makes that ethical then, but not every Do you time. think never? I way? think never. I think, I think you have to break up with one. You either have to leave the profession mm-hmm. or break up with the person. I actually like your idea on, as long as the records are to 10 out, years, then I just, I 10 years is so far out that like, I know, but like, not, but it all started in, it's so many friends with my clients. It started in a place. Not like sexual, but just like, I like those people. I know. I can see myself hanging out with them. But I haven't. But no, I don't go there either. Because I'm also like, I want to. I agree. <laughs> it's just, it, it, yeah, it's just where you that. Moral. You know, we can continue this as friends. I've had people ask if they could be my friend, and I'm like, no. No, I know. I always say that too. 
But then I'm like, like, and then I'm like, I don't know the, I think it's tears, but hmm, I I just, I mean, honestly, I enjoy a whole different one. Right. Yeah, I would never. To me, it's like we, we are in such a bubble of how we learn about the person initially. Like it's so vulnerable. Like, I know it's a nitty-gritty. Right. And And it's not mutual. You don't get right. that's, that's a problem. That's a whole power thing. Yeah. That's a problem. And yeah. they don't have that choice of going to the relationship and holding shit I think that would be right. an unhealthy thing. Yeah, you're getting yourself into an unhealthy situation because it's like that relationship was like based on the fact that they like talking about themselves right. not hearing about you so, so all these counseling students that like we're talking about this that they all agreed with that like yeah just no just not at all but when I said but what if it was you and you like you're like in love and it's six years down the road you you love this person that's the problem and, and yeah. you want to get married and you want to have a baby and maybe you do end up having, and then they like everyone pauses and goes like it's well, a great like it's when great. it's you it's like it's a great area because I feel like you could say Oh, never. Like, I would never. But well, then, guidelines. There so. might be this situation. It obviously happens. He's legal. Yeah, it's but not illegal. There's sexual guidelines. misconduct with count- and counseling, that's the number one malpractice issue. So it's mm. like, I, anyways. It's, yeah, no, it's a good topic. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. Mm-hmm. People like to violate. And maybe it's just because yeah. it is taboo. Yeah. The downfall like, is like a that. subconscious it's, attraction. Yeah, it's not, it's it's not right. Because it was forbidden. And, and But now it's it may be legal, but there's yeah. still a taboo. Right. Totally. Because mm-hmm. the ethics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, like nine-ish, um, a book called Flowers in the Attic came out by V.C. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed. All my friends were obsessed. Mm-hmm. And Solid. the main reason is because the main plot point is this brother and sister, like, getting into it and having sex. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. I don't remember that part. I just remember hearing about, I think I saw a movie, maybe. We were obsessed with it because it was freaking naughty. And you could see a building and you're like, oh, my God, they're gonna, are they going to? Are they, they not? going to? Are they yeah. Going? And then they do it. I mean, it's so fucked up, but 40 it's million like copies. Wreck. 40 million copies were sold. So popular. So this brings it back to, again, like, people like it. Incest. Okay. No, right. They just like things that are at least fictionally, people are attracted to it. You're attracted to things you're not supposed to do. Well, it's kind of like when you when alcohol and stuff gets banned, like well, then you sales, want more. sales go up. Prohibition. Yeah. Like you get more underground sales. Like it's when you don't have access, like with marijuana when it was illegal, mm-hmm. like I, I heard about it all the time all everyone <laughs> I knew now I'm like it's it's really not at the center even though there's a shop on every corner so it's, yeah. it's interesting mm-hmm. it's so interesting <laughs> legalize it all I think we're saying <laughs> so I will right. would say <laughs> no didn't you write a whole paper about that saying that like cocaine was the miracle drug and had no side effects I did Probably. a whole topic on cocaine right. Right. yeah oh. listen to it which episode this one with Freud. The one about cocaine. Is, it, is, it, is that the title? Is the title? No, I think it was. That's what I did. The picture. Do you remember the title? Oh, I'll browse. 
<laughs> so I'll just wrap up with a quote by Jeffrey Kalin, a porn industry trend expert. Hmm. So he says, not much has changed over the last few millennia, and we've always had an erotic interest in incest stories. Oedipus met a tragic end, but what really makes the story is that he bangs his mom. Yeah, I was going to say, who was Oedipus? Is it Greek? Is it Greek story? mythology? Yeah. Okay. And he ends up yeah, marrying his mom. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants that part. <laughs> nobody wants the like commitment end of that. They just so it's interesting i mean it like as a therapist like i've dealt with the dark side the trauma all of that that can happen from this Mm -hmm. but then on the other side it's like one of the most popular porns out there so what is going on i've dealt with this too and i'm kind of like well yeah it's just this idea that it's so like this is such a bad thing this taboo but i think it's just more common but it's more common i think it's common than people talk about and especially maybe more in the past as well like yeah and how much of the taboo is Mm. making it down freudian slip listen to it okay we had special guests from dylan and tommy show that and the oh, we'll talk about the favorite okay. That's cool. Okay, check it out. Until next time. Oh my gosh. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> Try some cocaine. You might get some great ideas. <laughs> I mean, yeah. don't do that. <laughs> Maybe like um. Stay away from the half bloods. <laughs> That sounded racist. Don't do that either. Oh my gosh. They're all terrible. They're all terrible. Don't listen to these two. No, don't. Why? Do press stop, sir. Please press stop.